In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this month of February, we have been focusing on everything digital, beginning with the famous author, Kazim Alzim, telling us the seven steps of effective digital marketing, to Zohir Heather in the United Arab Emirates, talking about digital advancement in the Emirates. And last week, we talked about the digital landscape of SMBs in Europe and in the Middle East. And today, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. But first, I would like to thank our listeners. We have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And welcome back to our returning listeners. And if you're new to us, And let me tell you a little bit about this series. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, and we talked about that a couple months ago. We're going to talk about it again today. Um, We've talked about data protection regulations. We've talked about leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories, stories that can help you learn, stories that can motivate, stimulate new ideas, and possibly be even the key to your future success. I invite you to contact me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And send me a mail. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take home something useful for your business or yourself. Now, on to today. Artificial intelligence is changing everything. It's changing not just our personal lives, but it's also changing the future of work. Now, we already see it in work. We see it in internet searches. We see it in customer targeting applications. We even see it in performance evaluations. It's also merging our personal lives with our business lives as devices learn more and more about us and location-based intelligence always knows where we are and what we're doing. But AI has been around for a while, even though it is only now gaining more and more attention. In 1956, the term artificial intelligence was used at the conference at Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire. And in the years after that, government, corporate, and public interests weighed and rose. But it was not until 1997 when IBM's Deep Blue became the first computer to beat a human at chess when it defeated world champion Kasparov. And this chess match brought to light 
the question of what else we could teach a computer to do. And now, after 20 years, it's still in its infancy stage, but it's rapidly becoming now part of our personal and business lives. As I already indicated, it's voice detention technology, suggestive searches, autonomous cars are just a few of the ways artificial intelligence has really burrowed our way, their way, its way, into our lives. And many companies are competing to be the first to unveil the next level of AI. But the question is, where is AI headed? And do we really understand its capabilities and what's going on right now and what's going on in think tanks around the world? And what kind of implications are they going to bring to us? And that's what we're going to talk about. And we have an expert to do that today. Simon Greenman is a co-founder and partner at Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. Simon has more than 20 years of experience leading digital transformations through technology, data science, and AI in the local Local media space. Previously, he was the co-founder of MapQuest, one of the first internet local brands. He spent over 10 years as chief digital officer, leading transformations of U.S. and European companies for private equity, and he consulted or worked for Home Advisor Europe, AOL, and Accenture. Simon is highly active in the AI startup community in London. He is co-president of the Harvard Business School Alumni Angels of London. He's an advisor and former venture partner at DN Capital and an AI expert in residence at SeedCamp. He holds an MBA from Harvard and a BA from in artificial intelligence and computing from the University of Sussex. So, Simon, welcome to the show. Hi, Kimberly. A pleasure to be here. So great to talk to you again. Um, Simon, let's just start, you know, we just kind of give an intro on artificial intelligence, but, but you know, that's kind of a big word. And, let, and we've got some listeners who are more familiar and less familiar. Let's just kind of tell them what, what this is all about. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting because, as you say, artificial intelligence has been around for a long time and there's a lot of confusion as to what it is and what it can do but the reality of AI is that it's it's something that helps replicate um, common activities that we take for granted. AI has suddenly been able to hear, it can see, it can read, it can understand and in many ways it's doing what we take for granted in our activities in a daily life. But what's really interesting about AI, I think, is there's really two types that's going on at the moment. And the media talks about the robots taking over. Um, but what's actually going on is something, not this general artificial intelligence where machines become have consciousness, but rather a lot of AI is going on is narrow AI. And as you say, it's really starting to have a major impact on organizations and people around the world at this point. Mm-hmm. And when you when you talk about uh, just replicating um, activities, and yeah. that is that also what people call machine learning? Because there's there's kind of um, you know people talk about AI, people call about machine learning. Um, what's the 
What's the difference, or if, or is it the same? Yeah, and and, and it, the terms are actually used interchangeably, and often you hear it, AI and machine learning is used in one sentence. But really, machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. So machine learning is when the machine actually learns for itself, and the best example of that is vision. And machines have become really good at recognizing objects, recognizing faces, um, recognizing effective parts on production lines. But the way it's done now with machine learning is you actually give it examples of what it needs to learn. And the simple example of that is if you give a machine um, 100 examples of pictures of a dog and 100 examples of a picture of a cat, it should be able to learn the difference between those two. Um, and, And it all really started about taking off a machine learning in 2012 because we've had neural networks which are the basis of machine learning going back to really the 50s and 60s Um, but suddenly what happened in 2012 they were teaching neural networks to learn different types of objects and suddenly between 2011 2012 the machines were able to improve their ability to predict and recognize objects dramatically and it was down to this um, Canadian technology called AlexNet um, that was based on deep neural networks. Um, and so the breakthrough really has been over the past few years. And suddenly machine learning is now being applied to pretty much everything. Um, learning to recognize speech, as we see in Alexa. Learning to recognize pictures like facial recognition that we see on our, on our mobile phones. Um, And machine learning is being used widely for things like helping to build um, prediction models. Um, So it's really been a groundbreaking um, change in what we've been able to do in artificial intelligence over the past few years through machine learning. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of what I'm understanding, like the process behind it and, and, and how we're doing. So it's a subset of AI is, is what I'm understanding. Um, right. Okay. So when you, when you talked about AI, you talk about narrow in general. Okay. And I've kind of heard the statement that AI is about nothing and everything. Okay. Um, why, why do people say that? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting statement and, and it's quite deep in its, in, in its, its saying because in some ways AI is just going to replicate human intelligence and human activities and human biases and human um, act, um, unfairness. And at the same time, AI is going to change a lot. And so what I mean by that is, um, and it was, it was actually interesting because this came out of a discussion uh, in the British Parliament last week on AI and women in AI, is frankly what happens is machines are just in many respects replicating the behavior um, of humans. And if humans have been biased over the years, then they're likely to be biased when we actually replicate that behavior in machines. So that's a sort of saying that it's it's just nothing has really changed. The machines will still hold our prejudice and biases and be unfair and the like. But everything's going to be changed because fundamentally AI is a new set of um, technologies that will enable so many different new um, activities within organizations. And AI is going to be woven into the fabric of you know, financial services, through 
through um, industrials, through automobile sector, and it's going to be woven into HR, and it's going to be woven into finance, it's going to be woven into marketing. So it will have a major impact on all of the things that we do on a daily basis in our jobs, and increasingly will have an impact on our personal lives as well. And I would like to just stay on, on the machine learning and the biases. So what you yeah. just said was very interesting because if we're if machines are replicating and, and AI is replicating what you're doing and we already have those um, unconscious biases that we all have and innate yeah. biases. So is there any way not to replicate that? Um, or are we going to be able to improve on that and get rid of biases as we start to replicate uh, human behavior? Yeah, it's, and it's it's a big, big question that you ask, and, and the jury's still out to cut to the chase on it. But but there's a good example and, uh, that, that perhaps best illustrates this, and um, and it goes back to machine learning. But if, if we teach machines... Um, what are examples of good CVs and resumes for candidates we want to hire in our company, then it's going to mean that machines are going to suggest that we hire candidates that we have historically hired. And this played out with Amazon, um, who fed 10 years of CVs and resumes of of people it hired um, into the machine learning. And the machine learning would then be able to predict which candidates they should hire in the future. But lo and behold, Amazon actually stopped using this prediction model because it found that, um, not surprisingly, that it tended to hire certain um, genders, um, certain demographics, and certain characteristics that perhaps were not representative of the wider population. Um, Can we say geeky young white males um, who are very good in engineering? So, you know, so the the machine learning reflects our human biases and really puts a mirror on it and in some ways amplifies it. And there's a whole set of really activities going on globally to say that it is important that we don't replicate this and that we make sure that our machines are more fair. So there's a lot of work going on um, at the policy level amongst governments um, globally. Um, and every con- most countries are actually looking at this question. Then secondly, you've got companies like the big technology giants of IBM and Accenture trying to build automated tools to be able to detect um, whether or not algorithms uh, are being unfair. So there's a lot of activity going on um, to try and solve this problem, and it's, it's a problem that, that is getting increasing awareness at the more senior levels. Um, but it's a really hard problem to solve, and it will take a lot more concerted work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that is a really hard, but it's a really interesting problem. And I think what I think is important of what you said, Simon, is that that there is attention to it. So, so there is awareness out there, and the Amazon was a perfect example that you know sometimes we do carry out those you know those bias are built in because we're teaching the replication. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's perfect, Simon. We're gonna we're gonna take a, a, a quick break, and uh, when we come back, um, I'd like to to kind of move into a little bit onto the business sectors that are that are moving quickly with AI and what's happening in those sectors and what that means 
for business and what it means for us as consumers. Sure. And for okay, good. So for our listeners, we are talking with Simon Greenman, and he's the co-founder and partner at Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. Simon has more than 20 years experience leading digital transformations through technology, data science, and AI in the local media space. Now you can reach Simon at www.bestpracticeai, and that is the company's website. You can also go to Instagram under Simon Greenman. He's under Twitter at S. Greenman. And you can also go to Medium, which is a social journalism platform, because we don't always have a lot of guests using that, Simon. But you're on there with some of your articles and some of your information under medium.com, and it's under at S. Greenman. And Simon will also be speaking at the Cinda Local Com Conference in London, April 10th to 12th. And if you'd like to hear Simon and other digital experts, please go to www.cinda under events local com London, and you can register there. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or also contact me at Kimberly at Cinda.com. And when we come back, Simon, we're going to explore some of those market sectors that are moving rapidly in AI. And now we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And today we are speaking with Simon Greenman, and he's a co-founder and partner of Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. And we're talking about AI and the implications of AI. So, Simon, we kind of talked about the global, you know, what it is and, and, and machine learning. And I'd, I'd like to narrow this down a little bit. And, um, you know, because we're seeing AI every day, but in which industries and markets are you seeing the most rapid change? Yeah, it's um, one of the things we did at Best Practice AI was actually look at that question closely. And um, we mapped out about 600 use cases and about 1,000 case studies trying to work out what was going on in AI and where and what was it trying to achieve. So it's, it's interesting if you look at which industries, and in some ways it's quite intuitive um, and makes sense, is it's really those industries that have been the most innovative historically and have had good understanding and use of technology and data and big data that are adopting AI first. And because in many respects, AI becomes an extension of what we're doing with big data and data science. Um, So the the industries that that are by far the furthest ahead here are the tech giants. Um, So the world's largest AI company by far is Google. And then obviously Amazon is becoming a huge AI company. And they're not only using AI and automating a lot of their processes, but they're also looking to sell AI services and become an enabler of AI to the world. And then Microsoft is very large. And then you look at other companies, countries and companies. You have um, Badu and Alibaba in in China are huge AI companies. And then sort of moving on, other sectors include the financial services industry. And they've always been very good at using data. And they've been using data for trading, modeling, Um, And increasingly, you're seeing the financial services industry using um, AI and machine learning for customer service. So you're getting a lot more automated chatbots today. They're also using AI for risk risk, um, prevention. So um, financial services companies are very concerned about, obviously, fraudulent payments. They're concerned about uh, making sure they um, address anti-money laundering alike. So those industries are very strong. And then industrial industries... um, have historically also been very good with data. Um, So if you look at the automobile industry, manufacturing, supply chain, um, all of those are big early adopters of AI at this point. Um, But it's not only across industries, we have to sort of slice it horizontally, which is which sort of business functions are using AI. Um, And it's those functions that are very heavy on data and have a lot of data sets that are, that are focused um, heavily. So marketing is a big user of AI. Um, HR is increasingly using AI. We have lots of information about CVs and resumes. IT is another big user. Um, cybersecurity is a major risk, and most of the cybersecurity prevention software is AI-driven today. Um, and then customer service, um, chatbots, chatbots, and chatbots seem to be everywhere across industries and functions. Mm-hmm. So when it's interesting, you said Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Alibaba first, okay? Because yeah. sometimes when I think of AI, I think of 
more what you said later, medical, industrial, okay, um, yeah. where it where it's replacing functions, okay. Um, but when you start to think about about Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Alibaba, and you start to think horizontally, as you just said, in marketing and HR, um, this is all good stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. But when, 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 you know, where's the line, okay? When does it become intrusive, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what, what is the biggest challenge there when it, you know, can it become too intrusive when I'm yeah. looking at that? And it's, it's an excellent question. And, and, and going back and sort of answering that by talking about medical, I mean, medical has the potential to be huge users of AI, but most of their work, um, most of the work in the medical industry on AI is very much in an early research and proof of concept stage. I mean, medical is great um, potential user of AI for vision. And we're seeing loads of research around, let's use machine learning and vision to identify brain traumas or lung cancer from MRI scans or fractures or tuberculosis. There's huge potential, but it actually hasn't rolled out yet. And the reason being, and it relates to intrusiveness and, and also regulation, is to put AI into deployment and into mainstream production, we have to be very sensitive to the risks that it presents. Um, obviously, we don't want automated diagnostics of diseases um, going uh, being rolled out too quickly because what happens if the, the machines get it wrong? But, but the other, so there's regulatory issues here. And back to your intrusion, I mean, I think it's a case of really being plus, pluses and minuses here. I mean, the beautiful thing about AI is it can be really smart about better understanding you and what you as an individual customer would like. So it's great at personalizing um, um, e-commerce recommendations. Amazon's fantastic at recommending the right products for you. Google is fantastic at recommending the right search results for you. So at one level, it can be very good. Um, and you can get much more personalized advertising as opposed to generic. So one level, it can be good. But the other side of it is obviously there is a lot of potential risk um, associated with it becoming too intrusive. There's a few examples where insurance companies are nameless um, would actually start to look at your social media profiles and they could look at your pictures and they could start assessing your lifestyle. Ah, oh, that person's drinking a little bit too much. Oh, I can see that person smoking. Oh, I can see that person's going out late. And then suddenly you could think of a scenario when the insurance companies with the use of AI can basically know a little too much for you, about you and could actually suggest that you are not a good um, uh, person to be insured. So there are real risks there. But at the same time, um, this is what a lot of the policy work is, that is going on globally is seeking to address, making sure it's not too intrusive and also making sure that existing regulation around privacy and data privacy and privacy um, applies to AI as well. So I think at the end of the day, that there's pluses and minuses in this, but governments generally are favoring the, the power goes to the individual consumer. And we saw that with Europeans rolling out their data regulation last year, GDPR. And then California is rolling out a very similar regulation, um, the, the Californian data privacy law in next year. So I think there is risks, but at the same time, they're recognized 
recognized and being addressed. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. I mean, in Europe, uh, especially the GDPR and now the, the e-privacy leg- legislation that's being discussed right now does cover some of this area um, uh, to try to help it not be as in, intrusive and to, to actually allow people to own some of their data. But if you come back, I, I just had this idea, and I was thinking about what you said before and the biases, okay, and I'm thinking about, you know, what Amazon does to me and um, when I go, or even Alibaba now because I've bought things on Alibaba, okay, and then they personalize and they send me e-commerce communication. But isn't that kind of almost on the borderline of also bias? Because, you know, if I buy black sweaters all the time and then I'm just getting ads on back black sweaters, black sweaters, black sweaters, but maybe – Someday I want, you know, a uh, pink T-shirt, okay? You know, I mean, yeah. are we kind of putting people into boxes also? You know, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I, I, the whole bias thing, I mean, the, the thing is, it's, it's actually a sort of philosophical question itself. What, is, what does it mean to be biased? Um, yeah. But, I mean, broadly... The, the, the great thinkers in sort of bias and ethics of AI and social responsibility of AI, what they're saying is, look, as a principle, we want to make sure that the AI, when it's used, um, has fairness, diversity, and inclusion. And, you know, there, I think there's obvious examples of biases and recommendations in hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, But yes, I mean, the reality is that in our world of marketing and increasing marketing, um, as we look to slice and dice and market to you as an individual, we very much want to build up a profile um, of who you are and and we will pigeonhole you. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. That's what AI is going to do. So if you suddenly decide that you want to change your colors um, of clothing and you go from many years of black to something more colorful, it's probably not going to predict that um, <laughs> because it's learned from what you've done in the past. And actually, it's frankly, it's putting you into segments of similar types of people. Um, but that's that's what really AI is. It's machine yeah. learning and pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's what maybe people get a little scared. And just really quickly, because you, before you talked about the general, and and the general is what people think about robots. I mean, um, you know, everybody was completely shocked when when this uh, Sophia actually was the first robot to get citizenship. Um, is this more? You know, we're talking about data marketing, targeting, um, using AI, but then there's a lot of hype out there about. You know, robots are the future. I mean, is that hype or is that reality or should we not even be thinking about that? Is that kind of the science fiction type movie and we should be focusing on what AI can do for us in tech, in finance and medical? Uh, yeah. it's, it's a great question. I, and I've got particularly strong views on it. I think the whole Sophia thing is, is, is a load of rubbish, frankly. <laughs> um, and, and the reason being, and the, the, the reason being is, is I tell you what gets the, the consumer's attention about AI is, is fear. And there is so much fear around AI. It's going to take all of our jobs. The robots are going to take over. We're going to have an existential crisis. And even really smart people um, like Elon Musk and, and recently departed Stephen Hawkins saying that AI is the biggest existential threat. But the reality of those who practitioners of AI, and I've been looking at AI for a long time, is AI is actually quite dumb. 
Um, it's really, really smart pattern recognition, but it really isn't anywhere close. It's probably, I think, 100 years off from really being smarter than us as humans and having consciousness and being like really like humans. But at the same time, those stories sell and it gets a lot of attention. So I think it was a PR stunt. Sophia was in the Houses of Parliament in the UK taking a chair. And it's a sort of anthropomorphism. But I tell you, it's, <laughs> I, when I write articles about AI, if I put a picture of a robot on the top of that article, I get a lot more clicks throughs and it's our it's our affiliate it's our our love of science fiction movies and everything like that i think um, uh, yeah i mean and that's what we see when we talk about general ai and um all this hype around it and i agree with you it 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 gets it makes us a little bit scared okay um but how do we how do we then get people to kind of focus on the reality of AI? You know, is there something that you do with your articles and, you know, just say, yeah, the robot's nice, but here's what it's really about? Yeah. So how do we how do we educate people on this? Um, is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the education and it's. If you go around the world, they're literally countries are, are nations and governments are announcing their AI strategies. And this whole question of education and skills is being addressed by people. So, for example, in the UK, which just announced a billion point dollars for AI programs and European Union announced 25 billion, France 2 billion, the Chinese announced um, tens of billions. You know, skills is a big, big part of it. Um, so for, you know, at one level, it's skills for business, get more PhDs in AI, get more masters of AI. But for the general public, I mean, I think there's an opportunity to read uh, there are good places to read about AI. Medium is a wonderful blog to really understand what's going on in AI. The, if you really want to jump into the technical details of AI, there are so many good online courses, massive online um, open courses like Coursera and others that are free or next to free that can really teach you about the details of it. And there's also a lot of new courses coming online that can teach about the business implications and applications of AI. But, but ignore those hype headlines and start to really look into what's being done with AI today, um, for example. Yeah. Okay, Simon, th that's great advice to, to our listeners. And we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit about what, how this might really change the, the workforce and what leaders need to pay attention to sure. um, on AI. And for our listeners, we're talking with Simon Greenman. He's the co-founder and partner at Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. And Simon can be reached on his company website at www.bestpracticeai. He's also on Instagram under Simon Greenman and on Twitter under S. Greenman. And what Simon just said was, Go to Medium. That's a great place to learn, to read articles on AI. And Simon is there under at S. Greenman. And Simon will also be speaking at the Cinda Localcom Conference in London, April 10th to 12th. And we're going to be talking about AI there. And join Simon there with a host of other 
digital speakers, including Dr. Hannah Fry, one of the world's greatest mathematicians and lecturer on data and human behavior, is what we're also talking about when we're talking about AI, aren't we, uh, Simon? Okay. Yeah. So... I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and you can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net, or go to the Cinda website, www.cinda.com, or to Facebook at, at @followcinda. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we're talking with Simon Greenman, the co-founder and partner at Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. Now, Simon, we've had some great chats. We kind of talked about um, the generalism of AI and which industries are, are really changing rapidly, and we've talked about this general feeling of you know, general AI and robots, and that's kind of the hype, but the reality is in the in the market segments and what's happening there. So can you just kind of give us a, an overview? Because one of the things that is on everybody's mind is what's this going to do to the workforce? Okay. Um, can, do you have any insights on that? Yeah, and it's, it's a really 
important question. It's almost like there's there's two views out there. There's almost this dystopian view of future where 30-40% of jobs are going to be lost and we're going to be mass unemployment across society and across geographies. And there's another sort of utopian view, which is actually a lot of the boring elements of our jobs, the machines would do, and we have um, more interesting, higher value employment and, frankly, more free time and more leisure time. So there's really two big camps going on out there. But, you know, you put it in, in the context of technology, and this is another sort of industrial revolution that's going to be reaped by technology. But if you look at the early 1800s, in the States, 85%, and I couldn't quite believe this number, but 85% of jobs were in agriculture. Mm. And obviously, there's a lot fewer today in the few percentage points. So technology and chain always brings change, and there's always displacement in the types of jobs. So the question is really about um, whether or not there is going to be mass disruption in the sort of the short to the midterm um, and what jobs are going to be impacted. Um, and, you know, you look at the types of jobs that, that, that the media has really talked about, and it's, it's really those low-skill, repetitive jobs. So I think there was one McKinsey report, uh, the, the international management consultants, and they were talking about 30% of jobs would be impacted, and the main ones would be things like truck drivers, um, and then customer service workers, and then healthcare workers, and then warehouse workers and assembly workers, and all of these that are doing sort of rapid, repetitious activities that can be automated through robots or through computer and computers, those will go. Um, and there's really a big question about whether or not that's true. Um, for example, in customer service, um, people actually like talking to humans in certain cases. Um, so will all of those jobs be replaced? Or in the healthcare industry, um, I certainly don't want to talk to a robot. If I'm diagnosed with, a, um, with cancer, I need to have the support network and interaction with expert doctors um, and nurses and other support staff. So I think it's a nuanced debate, um, and maybe we shouldn't talk about artificial intelligence, but rather we should talk about augmented intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just a quick comment on that. I completely agree, um, and I have an, uh, another question on this. But you know, it makes me the chat boxes and the customer service. I'm sorry, I can never find the question I want to ask. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I never. I'll scroll down everything. Put in what you want to ask. They'll give me 10 yeah. questions. It's not what I want to ask. Makes me crazy. I just want to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Um, yeah. So that that is automated as opposed to AI. But I have um, the question I, uh, that comes to my mind on that, Simon, is, is this we still want to talk to humans, okay? And that and that's what we're feeling right now. But is that at all generational? Now, if I have a five-year-old who, who's so used to everything else automated, um, do you think by the time that five-year-old is in the workforce that they may not have this desire to, 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 to have this human touch like I do right now when I'm doing in a customer service chat box that makes me crazy? 
Yeah, and I think it might be happening now. The, the generational shift going on, when I look at the Gen Z in the workforce or the millennials, they, they don't talk to each other. They just sit on their um, messaging and slack each other um, all day long. But, yeah, no, there's definitely a segment segment of younger generation where messaging and talking with um, bots of sorts is normal. So I think that that would definitely be important. And so in the customer service example, the customer service of, say, the banking or any industry is going to have to be through chatbots and messaging. And, and the example you give today is chatbots just aren't that good. They break a lot um, and they can only ask certain questions. So with time, it will get better and, and it will be the chatbots will get much smarter. But there are certain cases where you're still going to need to talk to, to a human where you, the machines can't answer your questions. So there's almost like there's going to be on the chatbot to, to help get me a human button in there. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that's great. And I just see this with the younger generations that is incredible. Okay, so and this generation would yeah. would you say you know we have these two scenarios: this utopia scenario that hey, this is great, it's going to give us more time, and then the scenario that this, all these jobs going to lost. Um, yeah. How how would you prepare edu- educationally? For, for the future. I mean, we have kids going into schools now, universities, um, yeah. we have, you know, as far as an elementary, how do you start to prepare the tomorrow's workers for this change? Yeah, and it's, um, we sort of look, peek into the future, and that's always hard, but, you know, the types of skills and new jobs that are definitely going to be coming along is, AI, um, AI product managers, AI data scientists, um, AI explainers, um, AI ethics experts. There's going to be a lot of AI-related jobs that are coming down the road. So I think for those that are looking about into preparing their careers and making sure they're future-proof, then there is um, a whole set of skills and hope that can be learned. And I was chatting with a university in the Netherlands this morning. Um, they have 200 AI data science students, and they were talking about, yes, we can give them technical skills, but it's also really important that not only technical skills, but commercial skills, so that people understand the technology, can explain it to the executives, explain it to the managers. So that the bridging skills between technology and commercial are critical. Um, and so we're seeing more and more courses around that. And I think in Canada, um, they just launched the first master's or MBA that's focused on AI and its impact as well. Um, and for the general population, I mean, it's, it's a broader question of... You know, AI is, I think it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to be woven into the fabric of companies. And, and the question is, you know, can, is it, it should be embraced or should we fight it? And I think broadly um, for employees is embrace it, see how it can make your job more interesting, ask your, comp- your employees to look at how to evolve your skills so that you can better use the AI and make sure that you can continue to evolve um, and, and your job is less at risk. And, and that's that's a good advice for employees. And let, let's talk about the leaders because you work with leaders and, yeah. and leaders are faced with this all the time. And it's so rapidly changing. Um, the technology is changing. The AI is changing. When you work with leaders, what what do you tell them? You know, how, what do they need to do to to position their companies for the future? Yeah, and it, and it really varies the level of understanding that, that executives have on AI. But broadly, 
um, executives, they know that AI is going to be important in the future, but in many cases, they're not quite sure what it actually means. And it's, it's almost like a blank canvas. Um, and that executives paint on whatever picture they would like to paint on there. And it's, it's the joke amongst the AI practitioners that the, the, the CEO at their annual earnings call would talk about how AI is going to transform the business model um, and they were going to do the following things. And then you go and talk to the technical staff and the AI technical staff and they would say, a, we didn't know about this, and B, we have no idea um, how we're actually going to do this. So really, the most important thing for executives is getting educated on what AI is, how can it impact their competitive strategy, how can it improve their customer strategy, their brand, their operations, but also get educated on the risks. As we talked about, there's bias risks. Um, there will be legal and regulatory risks. So the first thing is understanding. Um, and we just finished, uh, we just work, uh, we're working on a project with the World Economic Forum, which they announced at Davos um, a couple of weeks back, and that is an AI board toolkit, which is helping to explain to board members and executives what is AI and the risk. So education, number one. But then two is get a plan um, and get a plan for AI and a business case for AI. So find the use cases in your organization, the low-hanging fruit use cases that are high value that you can implement in the next year. It might be in marketing, it might be in customer service, it might be in your data science department, but find some use cases and start learning uh, mm -hmm. about AI in terms of the skills and the like. Um, and don't be afraid to act. But, uh, but a very important point is that AI advantage will go to those companies that adopt it early. And it's, it's, it's an economic argument about increasing impact, um, increasing returns. Those that get it early will get the benefits early and get further ahead. So we really counsel um, executives that they need to get moving. Um, doesn't have to be expensive, doesn't have to be hard, but start your journey on AI now. <laughs> That's great advice for our executives out there. And Simon, we're starting get to get to the end of our, our show, and this has been really, really great and interesting. And um, I think I just I'd like you to wrap it up with with maybe, you know, kind of your vision, um, a, a couple words around your vision just for everybody and advice on AI for everybody out there listening. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, firstly, I mean, I've been watching AI for absolutely ever, and we've lived in this exponential world. Um, it was a lot of, there's been a lot of skepticism about AI, but the reality is AI is now a point where it's going to make a real impact on our business lives, on our personal lives, on society. And so if, I would recommend that people ignore all these hype and all of the scary headlines and learn more about it, embrace it, be a champion of it. And frankly, see it as a friend um, who will be able to make our lives more interesting and our jobs more interesting. So dive into AI. It is the future. It is going to happen. And it is going to impact all of us um, in some shape or form on a global basis. I think those are great words to close by. So thank you so much, Simon, for taking the time to talk to me today and talk to our listen, listen to our listeners. 
And for our listeners, we've been talking with Simon Greenman, and he's the co-founder and partner at Best Practice AI, a London-based AI executive advisory firm that helps companies accelerate their AI solutions. Simon has more than 20 years' experience leading digital transformations through technology, data science, and AI. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Simon, you can go to his website at www.bestpractice.com. Dot AI. And Simon is also on Instagram under Simon Greenman and under Twitter under Simon Greenman. And for educational purposes, as Simon said earlier in the show, read so go to articles, read some articles, go to Medium, that's medium.com. And Simon has articles and posts there under at S. Greenman. And these can be very informative. And this is a way you can start to educate yourself. Now, as we close out our digital month of February, I'd just like to remind everybody to also go to the website www.cinda.com and think about joining us in London for the Cinda Localcom Conference, where we'll be talking about digital and AI. And that is April 10th to 12th at the Hilton Paddington. And for our listeners today, I'm going to give a special discount code that is only good for the listeners of Leadership Beyond Borders. So if you want to join us in London, go to Cinda Events London and register under the discount code LBB20 for 20% off the local comm tickets. Now, Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Cinda, as well as Global Business Therapy. And Cinda is the Search and Information Industry Association. I'm Kimberly Lewis, and I'm the general manager at Cinda, as well as at Leadership Beyond Borders and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. You can find Leadership Beyond Borders on Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can also find Cinda on Facebook under at Follow Cinda. So please remember to tune in to us each week on the Voice America Business Station. And we are on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you can't tune in live, then please go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and download our series. And for that, another week is another week is gone, and of the second month of 2019 is gone. So please join me again next week. And until then, have a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.